covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for being tuned in. Man, what a week. What a week it has been for the Milwaukee Brewers. You talk about an eventful week. Uh, Parts of it not so good. Other parts of it very good. But when all is said and done, the Brewers are winning a lot of baseball games right now. We record this, as always, on Sunday nights. And as I am speaking to you right now, the Brewers find themselves three games back in the NL Central and one game back in the wild card. They are also uh, two and a half games back from the top wild card position. So everything is on the table right now. They could get that second wild card, they could get that first wild card, and they still have a good opportunity to possibly win the division as well. First and foremost, they have to take care of their own business moving forward. But when you look at what else is going to be going on in the games that are going to be taking place with uh, teams that the Brewers are contending against for playoff spots, I feel like the Brewers are in okay position. More about that coming up in just a moment or so. A few things to get out of the way here at the top of the program. First off, a hello and a special welcome to everybody listening on 540 ESPN. I try to do this every week. I've forgotten to say hello here over the past couple weeks. For those of you who don't know, 540 ESPN puts together a uh, Milwaukee Pod Center every weekday afternoon, and it goes from uh, 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock. Doug Russell puts that together, and they air this podcast, I think, a couple times uh, over the course of the week. So if you are listening to it on the radio right now on 540, a special hello to you. I do want to encourage you. We really love you listening to it on the radio, but you can always get it on demand. You can head to uh, WTMJ.com, and uh, when you do that, go to the WTMJ mobile drop-down menu, and when you do that, you'll see the uh, Brewers Extra Innings podcast, and that's where this is located, and you also have a bunch of extras on there as well. In fact, in the last week, you can find uh, interviews with Ryan Braun, Yasmani Grandal, Mike Moustakis, David Stearns, among the many who have been on the uh, post-game show that we always uh, post those interviews on our podcast page at WTMJ.com, so check that out. You can also subscribe to the podcast via Apple Podcast. And then all those bonuses and everything, they come right to you, to your phone or to your iPad, wherever you happen to uh, listen to podcasts, it can get to you uh, that way as well. If you need to get in contact with me, you can do so. Best way to do so is via Twitter. Find me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I really try to uh, respond and acknowledge everybody that tweets at me. I'm not 100%. If you tweet at me and I don't respond, accept my apologies right now, and uh, I'll try to do a better job of that, just certainly moving up forward. But find me on Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Here's what we've got coming up on the program this week. Uh, during our social media conversation for the second straight week, we are bringing on a first-time guest as uh, Brent Servio is going to uh, join us. He is the managing partner and lead editor with the Bronx to Bushville blog at bronxtobushville.com. So Brent is going to be with us coming up in just a few moments. This has been one of the more compelling weeks of Milwaukee Brewers baseball that I have ever seen. And I'm in my fourth year covering this team on an everyday basis. Clearly, I have a pretty good understanding of, of 
the, the team prior to that, but I wasn't around the team on an everyday basis. So being able to really break down how things are feeling on an everyday basis, my background goes back about four years. And in my time being around the club on an everyday basis, uh, this is one of the more compelling weeks, ups and downs. I mean, you can certainly look at some great things that happened last year in September and getting to game 163, but sometimes the more compelling weeks are the weeks where you've got adversity and weeks where there's a bit of a roller coaster, and that was certainly the case this week. The bad part, the negative part, the loss of Christian Yelich. You lose your MVP. You lose the face of the franchise and a guy who appeared to be very probably, very, very probably, I don't know if it's likely, I don't, he was going to be in the conversation for another MVP. Uh, I don't, I don't know what he would have done down the stretch in the last two weeks. Uh, Cody Bellinger is putting up really good numbers with the Dodgers and the Dodgers are clearly the best team in the National League. So I think it was going to be really tight between those two. And sometimes the light shines a little brighter when you play in Los Angeles. But that being said, Yelich won it last year. Everybody had their eyes on Yelich. It really doesn't matter. And I guess, you know, he's still in contention to win the MVP. That is a, that's a very true thing. But I, I don't feel great about that at this point. Uh, I just, for whatever, uh, for whatever reason, I feel like him missing the last couple weeks of the season could definitely dampen the ability because what he, if he would have been able to lead this team to the playoffs once again and be right in the middle of it, I think that could have been very powerful and very impactful towards him winning the MVP again. He doesn't get that opportunity now. He put up MVP caliber numbers, but is that enough for a Milwaukee Brewer to win the MVP? I don't know. I kind of lean no. I th- that sounds jaded. Uh, and maybe it is. Uh, I just I would be a little bit surprised at this point. I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to see him win it. I think you can certainly make the case that he should win it. Anyways, more important, with all due respect to winning the MVP, the more important part of this discussion is the impact of losing Christian Yelich on this team. This is going to sound really weird, and I've been saying this, and I really this is not just this is not a hot take. This is not a hot take. I'm not a hot take guy. If you're just listening to this podcast for the first time, hi, I'm Matt, and I don't do hot takes. I, I, I try to be somewhat thoughtful in the things that I say and the things that I believe, and I also try to be very open and willing to have my mind changed if I'm wrong on things, and I'm wrong a fair amount. As much as it stinks to lose Yelich, I don't know how much it's going to impact the end result of this season. Now, let me before I even go on to explain that, let me tell you where I could be wrong, where I could very easily be wrong. If the Brewers go through the next two weeks where they play San Diego, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Colorado, and they don't take care of business, they lose more games than they should, and they end up on the outside looking in of the playoffs and a bunch of those games were one-run, two-run kind of games that they lose, then, then I am as wrong as you can be on, on my belief because I think at that point you can sit there and say, how many of those one- or two-run losses would have the Brewers won had they had Christian Yelich? I don't think that's going to happen. Again, I could be wrong. I don't think that's going to happen. I was most worried about the St. Louis series. And the Brewers took two out of three from St. Louis. 
going forward, they should, even without Christian Yelich, they should, all caps, should be able to get a whole bunch of wins. These are series that they should win. San Diego's not very good. I know they just split with the Cubs, but San Diego's not very good. Pittsburgh is atrocious right now. They just gave up 9 million runs to the Cubs over the course of the weekend. Cincinnati's not any good. And Colorado's not any good either. The Brewers don't need Christian Yelich to win these games. And then when you start looking at the schedule of other teams that the Brewers are contending against to try to get into the playoffs... With all due respect to those teams and to what they can do, I think their schedules are a lot tougher. In terms of hunting down the Cardinals for the division, Cardinals still have seven games left against Chicago. They have three games against Washington. And oh yeah, by the way, here are the three pitchers the Cardinals are going to face in the Washington series. Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, and Max Scherzer. Cardinals aren't sweeping that series. They're going to have a hard time winning two out of three. And then they go right into that Cubs series. The only somewhat respite might be the Arizona series. Diamondbacks have kind of fallen out of contention as we talk on Sunday night. They're five and a half games out of a wild card spot. Cardinals have a really tough schedule. The Washington Nationals, who hold the top wild card position, they have a tough schedule. Mention those three games against St. Louis. They'll then go to Miami, so that's their that's their little break. But then they're going to have a five-game series against Philadelphia. That will include a doubleheader on Tuesday, September 24th. Philadelphia, they're still kind of, sort of, sticking around in the the playoff race. They're four and a half games back. I think they've fallen enough back. And then Cleveland, who's fighting for a playoff spot in the American League, that's going to be who Washington finishes off with. Of all the teams that the Brewers are contending with for a playoff spot, the Cubs have probably the easiest record. They do have those seven against St. Louis, and that's going to be tough, but the other two series is a home series against Cincinnati and a road series against Pittsburgh, who again, as mentioned, the Cubs scored nine million runs against the Cubs over the course of the last three games. So the Cubs have, other than the Brewers, the Cubs have the the schedule that's probably the least toughest, but they've got seven against St. Louis. To me, the Brewers' schedule is clearly the easiest of all those teams that are contending right now. That doesn't mean they're going to go – they still have to do their job. That's the important thing. We've seen the Brewers throughout – this is actually kind of a scary thing because all season long, while the Brewers have been inconsistent, one of the more frustrating things about this team is their ability to play up to good teams and play down to not-so-good teams. This is – I've never really thought this way about a team before. But this year with the Brewers, it almost felt like it didn't really matter who they were playing against. That if they played well, they were going to win. And if they didn't play well, they were going to lose. And I get when I say that, it's like, yeah, if they play well, they're probably going to win. Well, there's times you play well, but you play against... A better team, you put out a pretty good effort and you still lose. It, it has. I don't think there's been a lot of games like that. Maybe that one Houston game that they lost uh, in that two-game series, I didn't think they played that poorly in that game. But overall, it hasn't been this thing where the Brewers go play tough teams and they put out good efforts and they still end up losing. It's just been a year 
of it almost not mattering who they're playing against. It's more about looking internally, if that makes any sense whatsoever. So that's the thing to be concerned about going into the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Colorado stretch to finish out the regular season over the course of the next two weeks. But if they can play baseball the way they've been playing lately, and the fact that they were able to sweep that series at Miami, to me that's the good sign. Like, yeah, taking three out of four from Chicago, really good. Taking two out of three from St. Louis, really good. I'm not trying to – and from a from an impact standpoint, those wins impact the Brewers – in a more direct way, because not only are you winning, you're causing a team that you're fighting for a playoff spot with to lose. But that four-game series against Miami and sweeping that four-game series, to me, that's a really important thing that just happened, because what it does is it shows, at least for those four games, that the Brewers were going to go not play down to their competition, that they were going to beat the teams that they were supposed to, or at least beat the Marlins when they were supposed to beat the Marlins. Losing Christian Yelich stinks. And if for no other reason, losing Christian Yelich stinks because we don't get to watch Christian Yelich play baseball. And watching Christian Yelich play baseball is one of the best things that Brewers fans get to experience on an everyday basis. The good news on him was it's not surgery is not needed. There's basically two types of the knee injury that he suffered. One requires surgery. At that point, you're out close to a year. And then the other one does not need surgery. It just needs to heal. And that takes somewhere between six and eight weeks. And that's the one he's got. So the good news is he should be able to have a fairly normal offseason. And he should be able to go into spring training at 100% barring any sort of complications. Where the Yelich injury could really impact this team would be the ability to go on some type of playoff run. You know, if they end up winning the division and they say they don't play the Dodgers in the first round of the playoffs, you've got to to match up uh, against the Braves. I think it's a little bit tougher. It's tougher to win that series without Yelich. That's for me. That's the impactful moment. I guess you could say if they get this one of the wild card spots and they have that one game plan, but I think the one game wild card game is just a crapshoot. It to me, yeah, the the better team has a higher probability of winning, but the lesser team can win that game as well. I I don't like the one game plan. I, I don't like it at all, and I I don't think it. Baseball is a sport based on series, and you don't get to – it's not a series, and I don't like that. We could be en route to another game, 163 as well. Who knows if that's going to happen. I mean, it's just going to be a fun next couple weeks. All right, coming up on the podcast uh, this week, Brent Servio, he's going to join us in uh, just a moment. We'll also give you an update on the Biloxi Shuckers as Sunday night they played a Game 5 for all the marbles for the Southern League Championship. We will do that. It's Brewers Extra Innings. The podcast is powered by WTNJ Mobile. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings Podcast is powered by WTMJ Mobile. It is time for a social media conversation. We have another first-time guest on the program. We've done that in back-to-back weeks. We are bringing on the managing partner, lead editor from the Bronx to Bushville blog. He is uh, Brent Servio. Follow him on Twitter at B, I'll just spell it out, B-S-I-R. 
V-I-O-B-T-B. We'll go back through that later on uh, as well. But Brent Servio joins us. Hey, Brent, how are you? Good. How are you, Matt? I'm good. Uh, we're talking not that long after Ryan Braun hit a grand slam to help the Brewers take a game from the Cardinals and win two out of three and finish a seven-game road trip where they only lose once. It, this feels very similar to last year's September. I guess the big difference being last year they were in really good position for the playoffs no matter what, and they were chasing the division, and right now they're chasing just about everything. But how do you feel about this team right now as they make another September run? It's fun to watch. I, I'm still coming down from uh, from Bronny's slam. That was tremendous. I, I tweeted out that I terrified my son who was sitting next to me on his tablet. Uh, but I mean, this does yeah. This is peak September baseball. It doesn't get any better than what we're seeing right now. Uh, but in some ways, uh, it does remind me a lot of what's happening in 2018. But it also reminds me a lot of what's happening uh, in 2017 as well. Uh, the clutch hitting, uh, a lot of that that kind of betrayed them. Uh, that's been kind of the story of the season, this consistent inconsistency. Uh, but right now, uh, it's really fun to watch. And you know, I just looked at. You know, they're splits, and right now they're 10 and 3 in September. They're playing great ball, uh, and they're taking it to the division leader. They've got a legitimate stake at the Central again here, where a week ago it seemed like a much different story. You mentioned the clutch hitting. I talked about this on my post game show after Sunday's game. Look, they're not a good team hitting with runners in scoring position, and really, no matter what they do the rest of the way, it doesn't seem like that's really going to get better. Even on Sunday, they didn't have good overall numbers with runners mm -hmm. in scoring position, but at least now, all of a sudden, they're getting the big hits. So sometimes we equate clutch with hitting with runners in scoring position. I think if we're going to equate clutch with this team, it's more about getting that single just ginormous hit when they really need it and they got that in the Marlins series clearly they got it in the mm -hmm. Cardinals series that seems mm -hmm. to be what they're turning into would you agree yeah I would agree with that to an extent uh, they remind me a lot of an aspirational Royals team when they were making their runs so that's a conversation we've had in the past as well that uh, in a lot of ways you know this team is going to drive a lot of analytics types nuts and I'm partial to analytics I, I'm more on the literary side than on the math side but uh, you know, to look at what they're doing right now uh, and to look at the math, it, nothing really adds up. And this is a conversation I have with my editorial team at uh, Bronx to Bushville pretty regularly is that who is this team? There's nothing about them that really makes a lot of sense. And yet here they are. They're doing all the right things at the right times. And, you know, they're really, you know, delivering good performances. And, you know, you're not going to find it necessarily in the numbers, but you're going to see it in the dramatics like Brian Braun today. Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting point you make, and I think you can look at this series. Look, the Brewers run differentials minus 30. It's not good. To put that in perspective, <laughs> the Cubs are plus 112. So basically, yeah. you know, plus 112, and the Cubs have a one-game lead on the Brewers who are minus 30. But I feel like mm -hmm. this weekend is a great example of that where maybe the Brewers aren't the most talented team in the world, but they know the mm -hmm. times that they're out of it and they're not going to – allocate resources to games that they're probably not going to win. So that 10 nothing game in the series opener, that's a game where your run differential goes to hell, but you, mm -hmm. you still take two of three from St. Louis. So there's something to be said for having success in a 162-game season. Part of that is knowing when not to fully compete in a game, if that makes sense. Yeah, to a certain extent. At the same time, the run differential, I was looking at this this morning, actually, uh, you know, they've been blown out a lot. You know, you take away the 10-0 drubbing the other night and the 16 to nothing debacle against the Marlins, 
And, you know, suddenly that's 26 runs. So, again, the, the story may not necessarily lie in the metrics, although the metrics can help inform our understanding of the team. But, uh, you know, like any financial prospectus, you know, prior success is not an indicator of future success, you know. And, and uh, right now, everything that seemed to be kind of not falling their way uh, a few months ago seems to be falling their way. And here we got a team that really kind of looked left for dead after the Spangenberg thing today. And here he hits an opposite run home run against all odds. And, you know, it, everything about this, it makes for a great story, but it makes for a nightmare of the math and running calculators. The Brewers are very aggressive with the bullpen. They've done that in September each of the last three years. It just seems you know, every team tries to utilize the 40-man roster and the September call-ups as much as possible. I don't watch every team on an everyday basis the way I watch the Brewers, so I, mm-hmm. I, I speak a little bit from ignorance when I say this, but it certainly seems like Craig Council is as good as anybody, if not better than anybody, and there's a track record now over the course of the last two Septembers plus this September. It just seems like they know how to utilize the expanded roster pretty much better than anybody else in baseball. I think that's a good way to spin it. <laughs> you know, it's somebody, somebody a little more cynical could say that, you know, he doesn't trust his he doesn't trust the team to go much further than he knows they can. You know, there's a lot of talk about console not being able to uh, trust the starters going third time through the lineup. Uh, you know, he's really quick with the hook here. You know, it's kind of a Sparky Anderson kind of throwback thing lately uh, with how regularly he's going through his relievers because he knows uh, he knows that. Yeah, maybe maybe not trusting is not the right thing, but he wants the best best situation for every situation. He wants to place the team in the best possible uh, way to succeed, and he knows he can't necessarily do that with uh, you know trusting a starter to go a third time through the lineup card unless they're, it's really clear that they're doing it. But that hasn't been happening lately. Uh, the shorter leash would indicate either uh, you know much tighter management or you know maybe even micromanagement of course you know twitter can have their opinions about that but uh it really feels like um you know there are some days where he just can't trust him and some days where he doesn't have a choice and you know that's the beauty of a manager you know he you know it's not as easy as coaching because you know you're managing personalities and contexts and situations uh that you know i i i couldn't do that (laughs) i'm not sure anybody could but uh, you know, seeing what Suter has been able to contribute and seeing uh, how well Jordan Miles has played. And again, if you look at the numbers, the numbers would suggest regression, but we're not seeing that because council's coming in, making the adjustments proactively to keep the team on the best possible you know, path towards success. And it's working right now. This is a tough question to ask. Maybe I'll just have you comment on it more than anything else, because look, we don't know. <laughs> We don't know how people are feeling inside, but starting pitchers are brought up, and from a competitive nature, they want to go deep into games. They want to pitch seven, eight innings. And we look at the the just you know the, basically the Astros pitching staff and the other top mm-hmm. pitchers out there who we see them going seven, eight innings. We look at Jack Flaherty had gone eight innings each of his last yeah. two starts, and there's something about that. But you you listen to a, a Zach Davies, a Gio Gonzalez, a Chase Anderson. You listen to those guys talk. And maybe they're not saying what they truly believe, but at least outwardly, they seem to accept and understand the idea of what's going on and why their starts are generally a little bit shorter than you would think they would like. Is that, do you think they really mean that, or is that just a case of you know, kind of being part of the team and knowing that they need to keep a, uh, a positive uh, 
positive thought process going on through knowing that they may not face a, an order a third time through? Uh, I think there's a little bit of Kool-Aid uh, that's being passed around the clubhouse. I, I think there is a, a level of you got to buy into the system here. Uh, and I think it would be a much different situation if it was like a, you know, several years ago when they had that historic late season collapse. Uh, you know, Nothing cures the problems that, are, that might exist in a clubhouse like winning. Uh, so as long as the the score comes out the right way and they continue to to keep with the Cubs and the Cardinals and and uh, and keep up with the league and continue to position themselves to be in a place where they're fighting for October or in October, uh, I you know I don't think necessarily that egos are really an issue. Uh, so uh, yeah, there there's that mentality and you know if we're looking at the Astros as the example, I mean you know. 98% of the league's not there. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, with, the, with the starting pitching, I, I think there's a little bit of that that gets set to the side. And of course they want to compete. And of course they want to pitch. But at the same time, they want to win. So I think there's a really good uh, message that exists in the organization right now that right now we're in a winning mode. And how we get there uh, is more important than who gets there necessarily. So everybody seems to be pushing each other forward. Uh, and uh, if we're if if there is a problem in the clubhouse, we're certainly not hearing about it. And that's probably for the best because something would have surfaced. When Christian Yelich went down, and, and this this is not revisionist history, I really thought that the team could survive it, and not because Christian Yelich isn't a great player, but because all they had to do was survive the St. Louis series, and even with without Christian Yelich, they were supposed to have success against Miami. They're supposed to have success against San Diego, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Colorado. In even long-term implications, it would be a tough ask for this team to go beat, say, the Dodgers in a short series if they were to get the wild card, even win the wild card game. And a single wild card game is a complete crapshoot. It doesn't matter if you have Christian Yelich in there or not. You might win, you might lose. So I thought the impact of him being lost, actually, just because of the circumstances, it, it wasn't as big as if they were playing a tougher schedule down the stretch. Now, if they end up winning the division and they have a different opponent in the postseason and everything, then we can go back and kind of change that. But did do you feel like this team can survive however long they play the rest of the year without Christian Yelich? Well, uh, you know, I think they would have folded already if there were, you know, real issues uh, with talent uh, without Yelich. And of course, the team's not the same without the MVP. And, you know, Mike Trout getting sidelined today might be the best thing that happened to Christian Yelich's MVP candidacy uh, in that Trout's the runaway in the AL. And Yelich, uh, you know, everybody is saying, oh, now it's Bellinger or now, you know, it's someone else. But, you know, now that you've got the two, you know, legitimate contenders for the award, uh, you know, suddenly Yelich looks that much better because now Trout's gone and not that long after. Uh, but to really speak to your to your point, uh, I really don't think that there are um, there are many issues in, ter- in terms of uh, the yeah, the the Brewers uh, really pursuing and 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 pursuing any less than they would with Yelich. So, uh, sorry, kind of meandering around the answer there. But uh, long story short, I I really think that yeah, this team just buckled in and said, let's just keep getting after it and see what happens. And that's kind of been the mode all season. Uh, so, you know, I'm encouraged by what I've seen. I think yeah, I think they're just as dangerous. 
uh, now than they than they were 10 days ago because Christian Yelich is still just one guy in a lineup card. He's a great guy to have in your lineup, uh, but you need the other guys to play, and that's where we're at. And we're seeing them playing really good baseball at the right time. I'll add this though: uh, if they, you know, they've got these 13 games left. If they if they don't make it to the playoffs, and we look back at these 13 games, and there's like four or five one or two run losses, I think we can retroactively at that point say, okay, Christian Yelch might have been the difference. Yeah, conceivably, yeah. but you know, we we won't know that, and and it may not, you know, it might be good to bookmark that now and then kind of reevaluate at that point. But you know, for now, you know, let's let's enjoy where we're at and and look at the next two weeks as you know being some really dramatic baseball. Uh, against lesser competition, but I was just out in San Diego a few weeks ago. I watched the Padres play. They're they're still a talented club. Uh, they're nothing to play for, but you know we'll see what happens in the next four games, and you know we'll see if the Brewers continue to take care of business or if there's a little bit of a hangover effect here. They're in the middle of an 18 consecutive game stretch. Uh, there's a lot to consider, and it's you know it's going to be dramatic. It's going to be exciting, and you know it it they may not play into October, but they're really making it hard to not pay attention to what's happening, and that might that might be even better. One of the other sides of the aggressive taking starters out means more usage of the bullpen. And there's been Ray Black didn't look good on Sunday. He had a he had a bad outing. We've seen him look really good, and that was kind of a rare out bad outing from him. Obviously, in the ten nothing loss, some of the non high leverage guys were utilized in that game. It did not go especially well for them. But in close games, in games the Brewers are winning, they're getting really, really good performances from the bullpen. They're taking advantage of Brent Suter being back, and Suter looks great. They're taking advantage of matchups and, you know, again, being aggressive with the bullpen where they try to give their relief pitchers matchups that really help them out the most. And it's working. Again, this goes back to the expanded roster. We're seeing very high-level thinking when it comes to how they're using the bullpen and to everybody's credit, both from a, a management standpoint, from a, a manager standpoint, and from an individual pitcher standpoint, everybody seems to be doing their jobs. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, the the luxury with having uh, you know the expanded roster is that they're not taxing necessarily the the guys that they need in October because you know uh, you know a guy like Ray Black may not make the postseason roster. I mean, yeah, they're you know. He, he might because of the injury situation, but you know these marginal guys coming through, uh, you know Yelich notwithstanding, uh, you know seeing the these kind of role players step up and contribute now, you know gives them more to think about and how to strategize October baseball. Uh, it gives them more to uh, more for opposition to think about. Uh, somebody catches fire, you know, Spangenberg starts playing really, really well, you know, that's something they have to think about. Uh, so, you know, it speaks to the depth on the 40 man. Uh, it speaks to uh, the quality of the management, the the aggressiveness shows, you know, where it might show mistrust in the pitching, it shows trust in the position players, uh, because it still takes runs to win games. Uh, and the pitcher's job is to keep those off. So maybe there's kind of multiple philosophies happening. Uh, all at the same time, but uh, this is a team that's pulling all the right levers at the right times, and guys are stepping up, and they're doing the little things right. Uh, a lot of death by a thousand paper cuts kind of things, uh, which we hadn't been seeing earlier this year when they are much more home run heavy. Uh, so this team seems to be really kind of emerging and evolving in real time 
uh, in a way that makes them particularly dangerous, whether or not they're hitting the long ball or whether or not they have a superstar on their roster. I'll get you out of here on this, and it's a two-part question. I'll give you the first part first. Final 13 (laughs) games of the season, what makes you most optimistic that this team is going to continue this run and find themselves in the playoffs? Well, where they'd been playing 500 ball pretty much all season, as McCalvey's uh, tweeted out time and time again, uh, they're finally breaking out. I mean, they're 11 and three right now. Uh, they have a very favorable schedule. Uh, you know, the Cubs are getting banged up, which you know couldn't happen to a better bunch of guys, uh, if you ask me. But uh, on the whole, uh, I, I'm really optimistic based on how they're taking care of business, how they've played reasonably well against better competition, and they haven't necessarily lately been playing down to competition. Uh, you know, that that Marlin series was particularly dangerous, and that was the bellwether for me to see how they were going to perform down the stretch against teams with nothing to play for. Uh, you know, of course, you know, the Reds always are plucky, and I actually really like that Reds club. But, uh, but you know, the, the softer schedule, uh, the, you know, coming home after a big dramatic, you know, series here in St. Louis, you know, things are shaping up well. Uh, where the Cubs and Cardinals are kind of going to be destroying each other, you know, you know, nuclear warfare kind of going on over the next two weeks. The Brewers can kind of sit back and let them do their thing and then focus on taking care of the business they need to take care of. And what we're seeing right now gives me every hope that they're going to be right there playing in early October to get into the postseason. All right, the other side of that question, what concerns you the most going into the final 13 games? The pitching. <laughs> um, uh, you know, they're you know, I'm, I was doing this research before coming on, and the you know the the staff Sierra is exceptionally high, and the ERAs are relatively low compared to you know advanced metrics like Sierra. The concern is that they start getting shelled. Uh, you know, they're going up against teams that you know may not have anything to play for, but they certainly want to play spoiler. There are certainly some dangerous bats that they're going to be seeing. Um, so yeah, the the pitching is concerning, but. Uh, if they keep doing what they're doing and driving, you know, the bean counters crazy, you know, I'll I'll just ride their bats into October and see what happens. He is uh, Brent Servio. Uh, excuse me. Let's try that again. He is Brent Servio. <laughs> we appreciate him taking some time. Follow him on Twitter at B-S-I-R-V-I-O-B-T-B. If you're on Twitter, I'll have him linked uh, as on the tweet that uh, I promote this uh, podcast on, so make sure to check that out. And, of course, check out his website as well at uh, BronxToBushville.com. Brent, this was fun. We will absolutely do this again uh, sometime uh, fairly soon. Yeah, anytime. Thanks a lot. Happy to be on. The future of the Brewers organization has never been more important than it is right now. It's time to get an inside look at what's taking place throughout the Brewers minor league affiliates as we go down on the farm. A short edition of our down on the farm report today just to give you an update on what happened with the Biloxi Shuckers playing in the Southern League Championship Series. Looking for the first Southern League Championship in team history. Of course, the team has not been around all that long they forced a decisive game number five which was played on sunday in jackson and they end up losing to the jackson generals by a 6-2 score it was a uh, tough start for uh, drew rasmussen he ends up uh, getting just one out giving up five runs on four hits uh, a tough day for him 
He is somebody that a lot of people are very excited about on what he's going to be able to do. And quite honestly, after giving up those five runs, uh, Biloxi just couldn't do much. They had a one nothing lead going in to the bottom of the first inning, but then those five runs in the bottom of the first, each team would get one more run before all was said and done. That being said, what a great year once again for uh, Biloxi as uh, they put together a heck of a season, got themselves to the Southern League Championship Series. That ballpark, that fan base, everything about them, is, uh, that, that's a great minor league affiliate for the Brewers. That's some special stuff right there. And uh, bummed that they couldn't win the Southern League Championship. They'll get one at some point in time. They absolutely will. But they don't get one uh, this year as they end up losing to Jackson. That is uh, just about going to do it for this edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. It's a big week coming up, a big next really two weeks. I think we're at a point now where you know, a lot of times at the end of this podcast, we just focus in on the next week coming up. We're at a point now where this, this is a two-week season for the Brewers. They go into this two-week season one game back of a playoff spot, but it's a two-week season, and they are going to play nothing but games against teams that they should beat. Not that they're going to win every single game. I don't think it's asking too much to have them win every series. Uh, A single series loss could do them in. They have to take advantage of the teams that they are playing. San Diego starts with a four-game series on Monday at Miller Park. I believe pretty good seats are available for most, if not all, of these games. I was was talking about this on the post-game show. And I'm not trying to give a plug here for Quick Trip, although I love, 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 love Quick Trip. Uh, if you are like in their Quick Rewards program, you might want to check your email. I got an email where they were giving away free tickets for these games to Quick Rewards members. All you had to do, they gave you like a promo code, and you went to Brewers.com with it, and you got up to four free tickets for I think any of these games. All you had to do was pay the uh, processing fee, which I think was three bucks. I don't even think it was three bucks a ticket. I think it was three bucks total. Maybe it was three bucks a ticket. Still, three bucks for a Brewers ticket is not. Uh, that's not a bad deal. So, if you are a Quick Rewards member, I don't know who got those and who did not get those. If there's sort of tiers, I spend a lot of money at Quick Trip. Uh, probably more than I should. They they have good stuff there. But uh, check your email. Check your uh, quick rewards and everything because you might have some free tickets for uh, the San Diego series. Just uh, just giving you a heads up there. Again, they're uh, they're not a sponsor of the podcast. If they'd like to be, we will we will take them on without uh, without a problem. And but that's uh, that I did notice that. But uh, four against San Diego, 6:40 first pitch for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then a 3:10 first pitch on Thursday. Uh, they'll then be at home against Pittsburgh Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and that's going to wrap up the home portion of the schedule. They're going to leave Milwaukee not knowing if they're going to have another game in Milwaukee again this year because they're not going to have anything wrapped up, you would think, by that Sunday, September 22nd game, barring something crazy where they win all seven and the Cubs lose all seven or something like that. But the, the point is, they're then going to go on the road to Cincinnati and to Colorado, still needing to win some games to find a way to get themselves into the playoffs. As always, listen to the games on WTMJ. 
Uh, if there is a Packers game going on, switch over to 94.5 ESPN. That's where we were at on Sunday. If you were listening to the Brewers uh, beat the Cardinals in the Ryan Braun Grand Slam, you heard that on 94.5. And when this year we are doing Brewers Extra Innings, our postgame show. We are doing that uh, at the end of uh, on those days that we're on 94.5, which is a little bit different than in previous years. But uh, now that uh, that is an ESPN station, not a country station, and just uh, all the changes that have been made, which have been uh, really awesome uh, around the radio stations. Uh, it's uh, it's really cool that we're able to do the post-game show for those games, so I encourage you to uh, check that out. You can always stream at ESPNWisconsin.com on the ESPN app as well for the games that, uh, as far as the post-game show, not the actual game broadcast, but for the post-game show, Brewers Extra Innings, you can stream that as well for folks who normally stream at WTMJ.com or on the WTMJ app. Uh, once again, my uh, thanks to our guest on the program tonight, Brent Servio, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Who knows what this week is going to uh, have happen to the Brewers and the way things are going to get go down. This has been quite the last week. It was a fun last week, and we'll see what happens this next week. And we'll talk to you then with another edition of Brewers Extra News, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.